Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Matt Young, and this is the second Chunder Chat, which is part of the Story Chunder podcast. This week, I will be talking with Lorna Bremner, who first spoke to us way back in February when we were a live event. Lorna is a comedian, a podcaster, an athlete. There's so many things I could say about her, but I won't because I'll let her say it for herself. This conversation was recorded over Insta Live, and you can catch Lorna's podcast, Closure Optional which is on a brief hiatus um, on wherever you listen to your podcast, I suppose. Enjoy this chat with Lorna, and you will hear her story at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, and fuck you, Matt O'Kine and ABC's At Home Alone Together hashtag. We're going to podcast whether you like it or not. Bastards. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chunder Chats. This is an opportunity for me to um, speak with some of our storytellers that have been on the Story Chunder in the past, either on our Instagram Live or in our live show. And today, I've got the wonderful Lorna Bremner. Hello. Hi. Now, do you remember when you told your story, what the date was? Sometime in February. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, before all the craziness. February 17th, I believe it was. Okay. Because I remember I was going to that award show thing, and so James was the host. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so, um, so listen, I want to know a bit more about you. Where do you come from? How did you become a storyteller? And what does that mean to you? Like, what sort of storyteller are you? Yeah. Um, well, I, I live in Australia now. I've been here, I think, 12 or 13 years. But I am originally from Breckenridge, Colorado, oh. which is like a... Yeah, like a super small mountain town in Colorado. And uh, yeah, I, I originally came here because I was skiing. So I was trying to like come here for the winter and then go home for my winter and then come back. Oh, and be like an Olympic skier. Because isn't there a lot of link Olympic training in Colorado? Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, like it's the place where Olympians come from, definitely. Like I learned to ski the same time I learned how to walk. So it was just one of those things like it took me I actually needed to teach people to ski at some point to make money and I didn't even know how to teach them because I didn't know what I was doing like I, it was the same thing as like trying to teach someone how to do the mechanics of walking I was like I don't know I just do it what's wrong with you <laughs> and then like I had to figure out how to teach a person which was really it was cool though when I figured that out like obviously I got a lot better at skiing and now I've I teach Muay Thai now as uh, for a living as well and so it's one of those things that like getting a better understanding of how your body works, you get so much better at the skill itself. But um, yeah, I was doing 
I ski raced when I was a little kid all the time. And then I got into a really bad accident and I got a rope underneath my neck. Like, like I skied off of the race course. It was a blizzard and I accidentally went through this rope and it cut my neck open. <laughs> it was so scary. And I remember somebody like telling me at some point that a, some Albanian prince had come to our hometown and I think they were they were either at Breckenridge or at Vale and had gotten decapitated the same way that I had. And I just happened to be a small enough kid that I wasn't heavy enough to like <laughs> to yeah. fully take the whole head off. The head off, yeah, just half of it. Yeah. it was like as dispenser, like Dorf. yeah, just a little bit, just <laughs> yeah, like Pac Man. It was so bad, and I didn't I didn't know it at the time, but I, apparently I broke my neck at the time, but I, I was okay. They were more concerned, I think, at the time about my neck being cut. It was like a big rope burn across my neck, so all the doctors were focusing on that, and I had mobility and stuff in my neck, so I was fine, and I bounced back as a kid. I was fine, but then I w went and saw a chiropractor when I was 21, and he was like, what happened to your neck? <laughs> what is this? I was like, oh, I've broken my neck. Um. But yeah, so I was never quite the same kid after that. And I stopped skiing for a long time, played ice hockey, everything you do in a snow town. And then I yeah. uh, started doing slope style and half pipe skiing. And so I just wanted to, yeah, just like, I guess push it as much as I could. Because it, it was, again, that same thing. I was like, I've already learned how to ski. I know how to do go fast. I know how to go down the mountain. I wanted something different. And I'm a maniac. I don't know what my problem is, but I always like to do the hardest thing possible <laughs> and then beat myself up for not being good. <laughs> it's, my, it's my special skill. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I came here. So I was doing um, like uh, competing, trying to see if I could become a professional. And so the smartest thing to do was come here for the winters, go back there, come back here. And I fell in love with someone and he was from New Zealand and I wanted to come and visit him before I went. Uh, he was living here. I was supposed to go to New Zealand for the whole snow season and then I couldn't leave him. I just loved it too much. I had this amazing like brand new family of Kiwis that all took me in, took care of me. And yeah, it was just the time of my life. I was only, I was 20, I think when I got here. So I was just so excited. Like, it was just that time, me to be independent, me to do whatever I wanted. And I had this brand new family that took care of me. And they're all still my family. He and I split up maybe, I think we were together about five and a half, six years. And then after that, like everybody's still my family. I just couldn't leave. Now here I am, still here. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I moved here for the same reason. Like I was working as a singer dancer on a cruise ship and then I met someone. And then, you know, I don't know, there's something about because I grew up in Massachusetts and in the Northeast. So I know all of this, like, you know, I grew up near a ski mountain. I'm a terrible skier. I actually went with my <laughs> brother-in-law. I have vertigo. And so when you get to that, like, really oh, yeah. slope at the end and you can see the ski lodge over there, I'm like, I, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to, like, so I literally, I think I scooted down on my bum the last time. <laughs> like, I'm not. Very of, manly of you. Very impressive. Yeah, so we're going to have to, like, have some lessons. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Um, I know it's so embarrassing. Um, my my brother also has vertigo and got stuck on the top of um, Machu Picchu or whatever in um, South America. You know, like one of those temples. Like he got to the top and was like fine, and then he was like, "Oh damn!" <laughs> like, oh my god! Down from here. I do that all the time, man. But I do this all the time. I remember this as a sensation as a little kid too, like that I really wanted to climb the tree, 
and I get so excited about climbing the tree. And then by the time you get, you get up to the top of the tree and you're like, oh, fuck, now what? I, I did it. I, and I, I've, I thought like I would grow up from this and remember that that's a thing. But I did the same thing. We went on a road trip and I did the exact same thing. Got to the top of a mountain, had a pure panic attack, had to sit down, vertigo, couldn't do anything. And then like had to scoot on my ass all the way down the mountain. <laughs> like awesome. a 10 year old. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so but we know you as a comedian and a podcaster and also a storyteller from the Story Chunder. So how did that start? Um, getting into comedy was a weird one. I think, I don't know what happened to me. I, when I was a young kid, I was really into acting and being the class clown. I was a maniac and I, um, something happened in my twenties where I just kind of like shut down a little bit. I got, maybe, I don't know if it was like just a, trying to define myself in a new country or I don't know what it was that I, I kind of felt shy being a loud, obnoxious American, maybe. And it was good. Like when I came to Australia, I was happy because I never felt at home in America. I always felt weird and out of sorts. So when I got to Australia, I was like, oh my God, I'm in a country full of people like me. Everyone's just a lot more relaxed. Nobody's trying to be in. But you know, Americans feel like they're trying to sell you some shit. They're always trying to show you who they are by, I don't know. And uh, so I felt like when I was here, I was like, oh, good. I'm around my people. But then I didn't want to maybe being the American stereotype of being that like loud person. And it got in the back of my head. And over time, like I just got smaller and smaller and smaller and got really uh, introverted. And I think it helped a lot. Like it helped my creativity. I, I made paintings. I just tried to figure out what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be. And uh, but all of that time I spent being really quiet and didn't express it. And I think that me not expressing my creativity over time started eating away at me just like feeling lost, scared, confused. What's the purpose of life? What's the meaning? Drinking all the time, just trying to do anything to make myself feel better. And really like all I needed to do was just express myself in some way or another. And so when I started, I cleaned my act up by doing Muay Thai and that kind of helped get me a bit of confidence, like regained that confidence back in myself that like, oh yeah, I have things to say, like what, you know, I'm not a total idiot and then, and just slowly kind of like got rid of that voice of doubt in my head that said you are a piece of shit and you might as well try to do stuff. And that's when I started the podcast and it, the podcast is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. I met the most incredibly interesting people, had the coolest conversations. And then that always spiraled off into because I met these interesting people, then I would go and do wacky shit that like I went to a, sex party. Well, I wasn't, you can't call it a sex party. I went to a BDSM party <laughs> and it was like, so not my scene. Like it was fucking hectic, but it was just like all of this weird shit that I had been, I kind of locked myself away into this like little sphere of being. And then I just started, you know, breaking boundaries. All right, I'm going to try fighting. Why not? All right, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start talking to cool people and see what they're into. And I'm so curious about what it is about our internal kind of construction that makes us want to do something difficult or make, makes us want to do something weird or different. And I was always so curious about people that despite all the odds, despite doing something fucking weird, like learning how to tie somebody up with a rope 
and it's painful and it's weird and society hates you, then you still press on. Like, what is that inside us that makes us want to do things? What is that in, in me that made wants to come out so bad that it made me severely depressed if I ignored it? What is that thing? So that was the whole point of the podcast is that I just kind of wanted to understand what it is that drives us as humans. What's our motivating factor? And, and especially when we do something weird or scary. Yeah. Um, What's the podcast called, sorry? It's called Closure Optional. Closure Optional, that's right. Yeah. Um, do you have like um, like a promo or something? I'll put it on when I make this into a podcast. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I can send that cool. to you. Yeah, it, um, yeah it's, it was the coolest thing ever. I, I love doing it. And something, I feel like it's probably just the state of the world right now. I, I, we were talking about this the other day on the phone, but I feel a little bit content sick. You know, like I feel like there's everybody's really in the internet right now. There's so much content being blasted in your face. And something I'm, my podcast is really uh, personal. And I talk about myself a lot and what's going on in my life. And I've had kind of the last six months or so have been pretty insane in my life. And I've been really struggling to figure out an authentic way to talk about it without yeah. getting too personal without, I don't know. And I'm just trying to figure out like if that's the best medium for me to be expressing what I'm trying to do, like has it run, it, has it run its course? Is it the right time? And yeah, so I don't know. I, I miss it. I, I miss doing it, but I also yeah. kind of feel like you get to a point where I don't want to be producing content for content's sake. I want to be producing something that means something to me and is valuable to other people. And I just don't, at the moment, I'm not feeling, I don't know. I feel like I'm like lying by doing yeah. it or, or yeah. trying I mean, too hard or something. Yeah. I, 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 this is why I like doing like the Instagram lives, you know, like I didn't like really promote this. It's like, you know, you sort of like if you're sitting on the toilet, like looking at your phone, like maybe you're going to be watching us right now. Yeah. Because yeah. it is a bit like, I love it when people listen to me while they're on the toilet. That's like one of my favorite things. So. <laughs> as long as you don't have to listen to them. Um. Mm, exactly. No, I like that part too. That's also my favorite. Yeah. No, but I think you're right. I mean, you know, well, I mean, I completely agree. This is like such a weird time and, um, and authenticity is so important. And I mean, I guess that's what mm. I'm really happy with what happened with Story Chunder when it was live. And I'm happy that, you know, we're doing it this way because you know, it's not like the fancy graphics and stuff. And I mean, every week I sort of look at the stuff and I sort of go, fuck, it's raw. Like, you know, maybe I should try to like tighten it up. And, you know, and there's all these American gurus on, you know, the internet going, yeah, blah, 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 do this and do that. And like, oh, you know, I could do, but it seems like a lot of effort. <laughs> well, and that's, this is the thing, man. Like, I think this is the direction that all content is going to, because we have access to each other in such a raw format and so many people can do it from anywhere whenever they want to there is something really beautiful about genuine connection in this way like because it's such an odd thing that you could be wherever you are i could be here and we can have an authentic conversation yeah, there's yeah, something yeah. really beautiful about something being unscripted totally raw not edited like this and i think you're totally right it's like when you have a disconnection from your own authenticity then trying to produce something like this and not being authentic with it, but having this like low production, kind of just whatever it is thing, it doesn't work. There's no like, if I can't be me, deeply me and produce something raw and unedited, it yeah. won't work. Yeah, but yeah. then, and, and so I think like there's, that's the kind of question that it's like, 
I've gotten to is that is me being deeply me raw really of value at this moment if I'm unable to first get to that place because there's so much that I don't know how to talk about or want to talk about and the yeah. second thing is is it um is that contributing to anyone else or am I just being self-indulgent you know yeah. like and, you, and I don't think a person is being self-indulgent if they're being authentic, but I think that is a real challenge. When you know you're being recorded for whatever reason, it's really yes. fucking hard to just lay it out there. And then, and then dealing with the aftermath of who else gets to hear it and what do they think about it, how does that make them feel? You know, there's just so much to it. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. I mean, it's been, like I told you this, it's been a struggle for me to continue doing this because I'm like, you know, again, like, what's the value? Am I just like, mm. you know, it's like, Exactly. But, um, but I, people, yeah, that's my but sensation. People, but then people tune in and I mean, you know, it's not like huge numbers, you know, like maybe it's 10, maybe it's 15, maybe it's whatever, 25, 50, but people seem to really enjoy it. And the people that I speak to seem to enjoy it. So I'm like, okay, well, let's just keep doing it then. Damn Isn't it. that an amazing, no, that's the thing, man. Like when you make that connection with a couple people and somebody sends you an email, like that, that is the thing that, that I've done 70 episodes of something, 75 of the podcasts. And that's what's kept me going every time, 100%. Because yes. it's like, it's a pretty niche thing that I'm talking about, pretty weird stuff. And I don't promote it very often. I'm kind of shit with the whole social media thing, media thing. But there are a few people that are really like dedicated to loving it and listening to it. And so every once in a while, I'll get like a bit of a, like lose steam or whatever. And then somebody sends me an email. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why this is valuable. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it will be. And that's the kind of the thing I think is that, you don't want to be caught in momentum in general ever in life. I don't like the idea that my life is living me. Yeah, yeah. It, it is in a way. I mean, there's so much out of our control, but I like the idea that um, I'm, as you are, actively concerned with what I'm producing and if there's value, if they're not value. You know, you're just constantly reassessing. Because I think what tends to happen to people, like Ronda Rousey is a good example of how, uh, is an example that I use to explain this that she was so good for a section of time while the sport was developing um, that she was un unbeatable. You know, she started, she was undefeated, 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 undefeated. One defeat crushed everything because all she had ever been was this thing that's undefeated. Mm. And I feel like that's a person that gets caught up in a momentum of being a thing. Mm. And it's really easy to disassociate from the thing you're working on and then becoming the thing that people want you to be. And it's not her fault. It's not anyone's fault. It happens to fighters all the time because, and it happens to actors. It happens to comedians. You started being a thing and it was had value because it was authentic. It was raw. It needed to be something. And then it fucks out, you know, then you suddenly become the character of yourself and then you are gone. And so I'm always like acutely aware of that. Like, am I doing this podcast just because I need to be self-indulgent or am I doing this podcast because there's value in it? And maybe right now I think that's the, the cross that I'm at is that I'm finding uh, in writing this web series, I am having a new way of telling stories in a totally different way that isn't about me, but it's my ideas. It's these like amazing, beautiful, crazy world we can build, but it doesn't have to be about my life and my story. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know? Yeah. That's maybe my son was like, oh, so what's, you know, what's next week's theme? And I said, someone else's story. And he's like, well, what story are you going to tell? I'm like, Graham, I don't tell the story. I'm like, I'm like the host. I like, I chat so much. People don't want to hear my story. I mean, of course, you know, 
that's not completely true, but I mean, in general, I don't tell the story on the story gender because I want to hear other people's stories. I'm just witnessing. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe, yeah, like I feel a little bit like maybe that's where it's come to is that I've, t I've told a lot. I've done a lot of talking about me and I need to maybe grow in a different direction. It's just, and it probably, and what I'm trying to figure out now is how to act because I'd like to be good enough to act in my own series, but I don't know how to do it. And I don't know how to be anything that isn't me. All of my videos and stuff, I'm basically just an exaggerated version of me. I have an acting coach you can work with. <laughs> yes. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah, great. I'll teach you Muay Thai. We'll have a trade. Okay, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I used to box, so I mean, I don't know. You know, I have some physical discipline anyway, and I was a dancer, so I would probably take to it. So that Yeah, cool. Oh, so listen, awesome. I'm gonna, I want to talk about the story, um, very briefly about the story you told at the Story Chunder. Um, yeah. Because it is one of my favorites, and I'll tell you why, but tell us like a very like, you know, like, elevator pitch version of the story that you told us, because I'll post it <laughs> in the episode. Uh, well, I had, uh, I'm not much for being a single lady. I don't really know how to do it very well. I'm fucking hopeless with boys. And I went on a little vacation on a little trip with my friend and we saw a cute boy and I thought that I should like just, just do the thing that m normal people do and flirt with somebody and have a casual one night thing because wouldn't that be fun? And then it turned out much less <laughs> exhilarating than what it turned out exactly what a one night thing should be a complete <laughs> fucking disaster. <laughs> so there wasn't romance. Well, well, there was romance to a point. Yeah, yeah. If he, I mean, it might have been really romantic for him. I think he was certainly enjoying himself anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So I, like I said, I will post this uh, when this becomes a podcast, you'll be able to hear that story at the end of um, the podcast because it's quite wonderful. And let me tell you, because I use it as an example all the time when people are like, well, Matt, you know, what sort of story do you want to hear? And I'm like, well, uh, cool. limit it to eight, eight minutes, because I think that that's, you know, an attention span thing. Um, but the thing that I love about your story is that it, ha it it's like, it's, a, it's time um, inclusive. So like it starts at like, you know, 7pm or whatever, and ends at 2am or whatever the time is. And, um, and it, so it sort of has that beginning, middle and end. And that's what because sometimes people come on and they sort of are just like, waffling about and, you know, Meandering about through, sort yeah. of idea, which works as well on the story changer sometimes as well, you know, like I've had artists come and talk about the process. And that's amazing. Um, but I love these sort of like linear sort of things. And I mean, as an acting coach, it's something like time elements are so important to acting as well. Like knowing, mm -hmm. you know, the beginning of the day, the end of your day, like what's just happened? Like, where are you going to? Um, but other than that, I mean, so I love that aspect of it, but also um, the detail, like, you know, like the spaghetti, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and even the glass, you know, between you and he, like, I mean, there's so, there's like, just delicious details in your story that I just absolutely adore. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I've that to you before, but. Oh, uh, that's so nice, man. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, because I mean, I'll like, you know, someone will tell me a story. And then like, usually what I do as the host is I just sort of reflect back and I go, Oh, yeah, well, there was that time where, you know, where Joy Beauregard and I were behind the ice skating rink. And you know, our friends were like, French kiss, French kiss, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so I'm saying like, you know, the names of the people that I went to high school with, or, you know, or, you know, like the ice skating rink, like, that's my experience. And maybe for especially Australians, that might not be they'd be like, what? But like, I mean, where I grew up, you know, is like, you know, you went to like, you know, the 
milkshake milkshake store on the way home from school. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. So I just love those like delicious details that sort of give you history about who we are. You know. Yeah. And so that's so that's one of the reasons why I really love your story. Yeah. So um, I yeah it's, I told it on the podcast first, and then when I started doing comedy, I was I forgot that this story had even happened to me, and then I was like. Uh, I just wanted to kind of push the envelope a little bit. I'd been doing really set jokes that I'd really like written out and worked on. And I was feeling like uh, I wasn't exactly myself on stage. So one night I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to just tell this story. I had a 10 minute set to fill and I didn't know. I, I was just not comfortable with the jokes I had. I was shitting myself. I was so nervous because I was scared. I, I, Stand up is so fucking hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and, I, and why? Like if if you just get on there and you have a good time, people do generally respond quite well. People aren't mean, like they want you to succeed because they want, everyone wants to be fun, but there is a lot of expectation on you to be funny and entertaining at the same time. But anyway, so yeah, I wanted to tell that story. And I just got on stage and just told it from all of the grossest, like all, I just thought of all the most disgusting details. Like that thing, like that he pins my legs together and just like squeezes his dick into my thigh. Like it was like, what the fuck? Are you doing? But I, just... I mean, not to be not to be like too you know gross, but uh, you know, I think many of us may have experienced something similar. Is all. I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Well, and that's the thing. I too, certainly like... have. So there you go. That's it. Like like sex stuff is so weird and awkward and uncomfortable. And we, I think we've gotten into kind of an era now where it's like a little bit of a scary thing to talk about because everybody's like, oh, it's just that. Like when I told this story in America once, um, I didn't set it up well at all. Like I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like, this is a consensual thing. I was hanging out with a guy that I was willing. And then, um, why? Well, so I told this story and afterward, like people came up to me like, are you like, were you assaulted? Are you okay? And I was like, oh, fuck. That's not at all what I meant. Like, that was not the way I wanted that story to go. Down yeah, yeah. But it can come across that way. But so anyway, like, I think people have a hard time talking about this stuff, because they're not really sure what's okay, what's not. It's gross. It's weird. It's shameful. Like, I coming out of it, I was kind of embarrassed. Like, wait, did he do that? Because my vagina hole was too big? You know, like there was the, these thoughts occurred in my head and I'm like, can I tell anyone this story ever? Cause like, am I gross? <laughs> but the more I say it to people, the more people are like, that's insane. That's happened to me too. It's just, <laughs> and, and the fact that like some, a person could have sex with you and just have no consideration whatsoever. If you're like, like I could have been in the other room. Like <laughs> I just didn't matter. <laughs> it's so stupid. <sighs> Yeah, who knows what was going through his head. We, we, we all have, we'll have to find him someday and ask him. Well, I know, <laughs> the poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I, no, I think that's interesting in, um, that you said that about, you know, people being very concerned for you. Um, mm -hmm. I was at Bright Citizens Brigade um, a couple of years ago, and I went to a storytelling night, and, um, and my friend George Basil, who's a comic actor, um, was performing. And this comedian got up and she was like so who's had to um call the suicide hotline and like three people in the audience were like yeah me and that's sort of how she started and then she told like this really great story which is super funny and basically what happened was she called the hotline and you know she was in a really bad place and in the background she heard someone go 
who the fuck stole my tuna fish sandwich? And, and then she like started laughing and she said to the counselor, did you steal the sandwich? And like that like became sort of like the whole story. And, which, <laughs> and it was awesome when we all wanted to talk to her afterwards, but not because we were like, you know, embarrassed or afraid, you know, like it was such a, like a big statement to it, you know, to sort of talk about because it's such a taboo. But yeah. you know, we all were like, oh my gosh, and you know, we want to know more. And you know, did she eat the sandwich? You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Blah. How did it go? <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, yeah. So again, like, yeah, it, it's 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 a risk to um to tell that sort of story, but I'm glad that you did because I think it's. I, I mean, ultimately, it's. I don't want to say it's fun and entertaining, but I mean, it is. You know what I mean? Like we sort of like look at the weird things that happen in our lives and the sort of like, uh, like people say they're un you know, they're not like they're un um I don't want to say not normal, but you know what I mean? That they're, they're like unbelievable. But then you're like, but are is it really that unbelievable? <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, and, and this is something I could definitely do in the podcast. And by the way, John, uh I'm just answering his question here that have I missed the part about the come? There's always more come, John. Wherever you are, there is always more come. But I will I'll tell more come stuff in a minute. <laughs> in case you're curious um anyway uh fuck oh no i got i got distracted i was thinking about come what did uh, you yes. what, what... <laughs> aren't we all uh, <laughs> oh, talking about the the unbelievability you know that that you tell something that you know is embarrassing or oh uh, whatever and, and yeah like but people and you think this is like so outrageous or so unbelievable and people are like nah yeah, it's not. That's right. Yeah. Like when I talk to people on the podcast, the amount of times that I've thought I've had an insane thought or I'm a maniac or um, like nobody will ever understand this, hide my shame away. The more I've talked to people about it, the more it just everybody like we we are really all just kind of variations of the same thing. We like, I think it's a more our ego that likes to think that we're precious, that we have had these precious moments that make us who we are. And the more kind of I guess, and, and probably a little bit why I've kind of stepped away from the podcast too, is that I, I suppose as I'm getting older, like the idea of sinking into my being rather than the story of what I've become. Mm -hmm. So it's like um, the concept, Milan Kundera is my favorite author. He's incredible. And he says that the novelist's job is just to discuss existence. So the novelist's job isn't to even tell a story, it's to discuss existence through characters, through ideas, through things that you can invent. And with characters, especially the way he writes them, there's so much nuance, there's so much variability, and he doesn't even like to go into the history of his characters because he wants the characters to act in a way that you feel them and who they are and what they've lived through. And what's great about it is like by the end of the book, you still don't even know if they're good or bad there's no like distinct villain or not or like was that okay that he did that instead you just full of questions and i think like as i'm trying to write characters for this series it's like oh yeah i am i am guided or i, I use as a handicap so often my own stories to explain why i am the way i am or why i did that or if that was you know oh that's my parents fault or that i'm like that because of this and my dependency on that stops me from being able to really be. And yeah. so I think as I've gotten older, um, and, and maybe why I'm walking away from the podcast is a little bit, is that it's like I really want to focus on how do you express being without needing a story to tell. Yeah, yeah. 
because then you can invent like incredible stories, stories that really come from true authentic experience, not just a memory, because me our memories are tainted, you know, memories are flawed and you're always saying it in a way that makes you feel uh, validated in what you did or vindicated for why you acted the way you did or whatever. But when you invent a story out of a character flaw, like that's an incredible thing. Why, if this person, say, so for example, like one of the characters that I'm working on is ashamed uh, she's nervous that she's not good enough. She's insecure. So when she's insecure, um, what does insecurity look like on the outside? And what is her kryptonite? What's the opposite? Where's the strength in being insecure? What kind of strengths does she have? So what would she say in this situation? How would she react to somebody based on this core belief she has about herself? And that's a fucking incredible thing. Because mm. it's kind of, it's kind of, it's infinite in a certain vein. But if you get off of that vein, you're, you're totally off the mark. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting, yeah. I was asked by a primary school student, I did an interview for a primary school in Victoria, because um, you know, this teacher sort of was like, put a call out on Arts Tasker, which is a new Facebook group, saying this, oh, yeah. I want to be interviewed. And so, you know, it's a primary school student. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> so what do you like about your, you know, what, what do you like about the characters you play? And I was like, I like that they're complicated. Yes, I like that they act in that moment and, you know, without thinking about the repercussions, you know what I mean? Like, because even if you're like, you know, like, well, I mean, we can look at like, you know, there's lots of rumors about Ellen DeGeneres right now, right? Like, is she a nice person or is she not? Like, who knows? Like, I mean, I'm not her, so I don't know. And I'm, but I can't imagine that she would go out of her way not to be a nice person, you know what mm. I mean? But she probably has, you know, moments in her day where she's you know, not a nice person, as do I, as do we all, you know what I mean? So Yeah, I mean, imagine yeah. that. Imagine being like concentrated down into a few actions of yourself. Like, and what's dumb about that and what I, I think I'm discovering is that we do that to ourselves. You know, anybody that tells you, oh, I have anxiety, it's just an immediate attachment to this is, this is a safe thing for me to do in this moment because it's a habit and I'm used to it doesn't necessarily mean it's your best self. And I've been getting it, like weird anxiety over the course of this, like the last couple months, cause I don't spend my, I don't spend much time socializing. I, I work from home most of the time anyway. So it's not really that big a deal. Nothing's really changed, but I haven't realized how much I really value, like getting to see people at the gym, chat and shit with people periodically, or like go, oh, John says that Ellen, he likes to think that she's pure evil. Yeah. <laughs> she might be pure evil, man. Well, we kind of all are. Like, that's the thing. Like, we all fucking mm -hmm. are. Yeah. It, in, in moments, we've all got our little things. And, and it's, it's like, so you have this attachment to who you think you need to be because it's easier to play a story or play a character of yourself than it is to just be something. Yeah. And I have, I've had these moments by myself here because I'm not having that, like, feedback loop of other people not performing performing always makes me kind of just feel like i'm like alive and invested in my experience of myself mm -hmm. and it's not happening and it's it, there's like moments where i just get this pure rush of anxiety like what the fuck am i what am i what am i yeah. you know it's a, it's a weird sensation to have i thought i was going mental i probably am <laughs> i probably need to see someone <laughs> i i've had that thought many times and i yeah i know <laughs> it's been like my year of do i call the therapist and i call the therapist so there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Um
so listen, uh, this is going to time out at some point. Um, I think relatively soon. I'm not watching the, the clock. Um, but is there anything else that you want to say about, um, I don't know, what's next? Like, where, you know, do you, where do you see, what do you see happening? Just well, same or you've got the web yeah, series? Yeah, so I'm working really hard on this web series right now. That's 90% of my focus is on that. And my day job, I'm doing um, videography right now for a gym. We're just building projects over and over and over again, uh, constantly reinventing what we're doing, which is super fun. It's so cool that, like, I can't believe finally I've got a job that is exactly what I've ever wanted to do. I'm just oh, making cool. movies all day, every day. It's so fun. Um, awesome. And I get to do it for a cool sport that I love. Um, but, yeah, so I'm I'm working all the time on this web series we're trying to develop it we've just put in our first submission to screen queensland we finally did it on wednesday so i'm so pumped and i'm just i've got like an incredible team of a few people that are helping me write this and it's i do feel a little bit precious about it it's kind of like my little baby and it's growing so fast and i just oh, i can't wait to see it like actually come to fruition i don't know hopefully i'll have some little previews and stuff for it when we start to get the ball rolling um so yeah i'm focusing on that and then i'm just trying to figure out what to do with the podcast i don't oh yeah i just don't know like i'm i've been putting off doing the final like end episode i feel like it needs an end episode i'm 76 episodes or whatever it's like the really hard thing to say goodbye to but mm. i don't know i i'm trying to find another what avenue would i want to go down what's something i really want to do and talk about i don't know so yeah, yeah that's where i'm at yeah, and I mean, I I, full, I I fully support you just like putting the podcast aside for the moment and not making a decision. I think not make not deciding is is a decent decision as well right now. You know, I've actually um, numbered my podcast wrong. I've only done like seven of them, and I numbered the last one as the eighth one. So, yeah, I've done it many times. <laughs> <laughs> I have to fix that in. I don't know what because we talked about when I started the podcast as well with my um, with um, that's not canon productions who is sort of like my mentors and um, the producers. I was like, well, what if it's shit? They're like, well, just put it out and then we can just erase those episodes later. So I was like, all right, because <laughs> the, sound the sound's pretty shit on the first, you know, three or four episodes. So yeah. <laughs> It is. It's a it's a learning thing. And it's one of those things, too, that we have to remember that, like, I get precious about everything I produce. And then I remember that, like, six people fucking see it. So who cares? And as long as I've done the best effort I could for the time that it was in, it's just yeah. like anything like you do your best at the time you've done your best at and your yeah. best should always change. If it's not changing, you're fucking up. You got to yeah. be getting better right all the time. All right, sweet. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on and having a chat on a Saturday afternoon here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And um, really yeah, nice. no, it's lovely to reconnect. Uh, I didn't know that we didn't get to spend much time together at all when we first met. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, so I appreciate you doing this. And like I said, I'll be making this into a podcast and I'll include your story that you told at the Story Chunder at the end of the episode. So thanks cool. so much, Lorna Bremner, for um, being you. No and problem sharing your inner thoughts i appreciate that very much cool we'll thank see. you thanks everyone for watching for watching yes everyone for watching all right we'll see you Bye. soon Take care. according to a recent peer-reviewed facebook poll my podcast closure optional is the number one most interesting podcast that no one has ever heard of yet but don't worry i'm not letting it get to my head i talk to people who do hard things i want to know what it is about people who don't stop when things get hard and who get themselves out of their own way.
but you don't have to take my word for it. Just check out these rave reviews from listeners all over the world. You're an inspiration for perseverance. That shirt looks too tight. Come, eavesdrop on my conversations and take comfort in knowing that you're not the only one. Find Closure Optional anywhere you find good podcasts and at LornaBremner.com. Cut! Oh, who am I kidding? I'm the only one here. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, like, with a day of, in this day and age of social media influences and all this shit, but there's, like, a lot of people able to give a lot of advice that I think is probably a little bit unsolicited and probably not necessarily the best advice getting out of You know what I mean? I think a lot of the advice that you can hear on the internet is, like, really good on paper, and then you apply it in real life and it's just not translate well. So the story I'm going to tell you is related to this particular piece of advice from Instagram, and it is, do what makes you happy, because as long as you're having fun, then everyone else will too. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good until you think about it for three fucking seconds, right? So I'm going to tell you a little story about the time that somebody had sex on me. Now, uh, I have to make a big disclaimer here, okay? Big disclaimer. This thing was 100% consensual, okay? So you don't have to feel bad for me. Relax, laugh as much as you want, because I'm still here and I'm fine and everything's okay, all right? It was 100%. It wasn't good, right? Like, I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying it was consensual. It was kind of like if somebody like invited you over for breakfast, and then when you got there, they were like, hey, I'm so glad you're here. How do you like your eggs cooked? And then I was like, no, 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 I'm poached or whatever. And they're like, yes, grateful it is. I've already started making them. And you go, well, I'm here, I'm hungry, and at this point I will take what I can get. And then after breakfast, they like come all over your back. <laughs> so I'll give you a little background on how I met this charming man. Um, I was out at dinner, and it was in a beautiful Italian restaurant, and it was one of those restaurants where like the chefs are inside windows, you know, like zoo animals, and you can watch them while they prepare your meal for you. So I was sitting right up against the window, and right on the other side of the window was the pizza chef, the pizza counter. So he was there making pizzas, and I was sitting at the window being very cute, and he was looking at me, and I was looking at him, and we were flirting throughout the whole course of the dinner, and by the end of the dinner, I was like, oh my God, like, I think this might be a thing. I think, but I'm like, how am I gonna tell him that I think it's a thing or a thing or whatever? And he's, I looked down at my plate and I still had the linguine left on my plate. And I was like, oh, I got it. So I wrote, call me in noodles <laughs> on my plate and just held it up to the window like, with a cute smile. And he looks down at the, the window and he goes like this. And I was like, ah, ah, with the shame, just a pure horrific shame. And then he goes, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you don't have my number yet. It's like, oh, then it's on. So I wrote my number down and gave it to the waitress. And then she went inside, she looked at it, she was like, pizza chef, nice one. I was like, oh, this isn't the first time this is happening. <laughs> so uh, then I left the restaurant, I'm just in a hot, like, pool of shame, just oh God, I went home and then ended up like singing karaoke, like just trying to drown my anxiety and my own horrific singing voice until he messaged me. Once he finished his shift, he messaged me. I went to his house and we had a lovely evening, you guys. Like, it was really nice. We 
chatted, we talked some shit for a while, we hooked up a little bit, it was like really, really good, and then we fell asleep spooning each other, or as I like to call it, the double fetal position. <laughs> when we spooning. At some point in the early hours of the morning, I felt him wake up behind me, right? Like, so it starts moving around. I don't know if you guys have been in this position before, it's not exactly the easiest position to have sex in, so like, we needed to change it. He's a gentleman, so what he did is take his hand and put it on the top of my shoulder and just pushed me straight forward so I was face down on the bed. And like a fucking pop-up book, he was on my back behind me. And I'm familiar with this position. Like, I know what happens here. Usually, the person on the top gives you a little bit of space, and then the person on the bottom like elevates the hips for the correct angle. He did not do that, you guys. What he did instead was put both of his legs on the outside of my legs and then squeeze them together. Yeah. So I'm laying there like a fucking pencil in a vice and then he just starts fucking my thighs. Like, like I'm laying there like this and there's, this is happening. It's like, and I don't know if you guys know much about like, physics and anatomy, but like, this is not a good thing. Like, I'm just saying that one in four chunks was sort of like getting kind of close to the area where sex happens. All the rest of them are just kind of, again, a general neighbor. <laughs> but I'm waiting. And at this point, like, it did kind of occur to me in my head, like, is my vagina hole so gaping that the only way for him to have pleasurable sex with me is to like squeeze my trap? Anyway, so I'm like, I'm trying to be like cute and sexy, and he's just going hell for leather into my thighs. And I'm like, I'm trapped eagle. And then after a couple of confusing minutes of this, he just bends down and goes, Baby, I don't come. Oh, he's Italian. That's the accent. Oh, baby, I don't come. It was sort of cute. Like at this point, like basically, you've just been masturbating into my thighs, but at that moment, he chose to call me baby. <laughs> It was kind of sweet, right? So it made me wonder if he was like the kind of guy that would just like treat a blow up doll to like a three course meal before he looped her up and like fucked her in the ears. He's <laughs> a charming guy. So, um, so I said, oh, he's like, baby, I'm gonna come. I'm like, yeah, all right, go for it. And then he just took his dick out and then just come all over my back. I know! At least uh, this is the moment where most people are kind of like, ugh, shit. And I'm, I know that's a bit degrading, right? But he was a gentleman. So he jumped up, went into the bathroom, and uh, turned on the shower for me. <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys have ever got cum on yourselves and then try to wash it off with water. They don't know what happens. They don't mix. Shane? It turns into plaster. ironing board and now he wants to turn me into like a paper mache pinata. <laughs> no thing. If I had taken his advice at that moment and washed the cum off of it in the shower, I would have been doing the walk of shame home with like a full back cast. <laughs> no thing. So anyways, all I'm getting at, the whole moral of the story is, yeah, sure, do what you love, have fun, but maybe like check in with the world around you to see if they're having as much fun as you're having 
while you're like living your best life all over their back. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Woohoo! You've made it to the end of another Chunder Chat. And uh, if you like that, you can go to thestorychunder.com and we're taking donations because it's COVID-19 and we are not a live event, so we can't get our revenue from people coming in the door and people tipping us in our tip bucket. So feel free to throw some uh, empty coins at us on our um, donations through Patreon or PayPal. And check us out every week on wherever you listen to your podcasts. There will either be crazy, unbelievable true stories from our lives, like Lorna's crazy true story about that exciting sexual experience, or something else, because we work on another on a different theme every week. And um, let's see, what else do I need to tell you? That uh, just follow us on all the socials at the Story Chunder. We will see you soon. Take care. This has been Matt Young. And thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. But most importantly, don't forget to rate us. Recommend us. Uh, just do all those things that people do about podcasts. Because we want to continue to tell our stories. If you want to tell the story, get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your crazy, unbelievably true stories. All right. We will see you next time. Take care. This has been Matt Young from the Story Chunda. Peace out. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.